Welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast, where we break down the practical strategies of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. This is your host, Meredith Oak, and we'd also love to hear from you. Visit www.quantumbiologycollective.org and click QBC newsletter to join the conversation. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you're probably someone who can really relate to the experience of undergoing deep and life-changing transformations, whether they happen suddenly or gradually over time. In this episode, we go into deep conversation with accidental spiritual teacher, Perry Chase, where we take a deep dive into the process of modern day spiritual awakenings and how cultivating the light inside of ourselves is part of the process to fully healing physically. Perry has a very powerful message, delivering cosmic truth in simple and direct language. And we do cover this in the episode, but just an extra reminder, if you feel compelled to further your inner work, please work with a practitioner and or a community to support you. Diving into your psyche alone is not recommended. Please get the support you need, even if you're someone who doesn't like to get support in this situation it's really, really highly recommended. And as always, we are sharing experiences here, not giving medical or psychological advice. I really enjoyed this episode with Perry. I got very personal and we dug into a whole bunch of stuff a little outside the realm of what we normally cover, but that is so, so important and totally linked to our healing on every level. In the quantum realm, it's all connected. Hi, Perry Chase. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thanks for being here. Hey, Meredith. I, I love you. I think all of your stuff is amazing. So I'm really happy. Oh, thank you. Well, I, 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 you're my favorite person to listen to right now. On the oh, wow. Thanks, Perry. Right back at you. I find yeah, the truth that you speak is really resonating for me. And so that's why I'm super excited to have you here. Um, and I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. It means a lot. I love what you're doing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm I'm glad I actually found you. And uh, I think all, all the things that you're doing with the Quantum Biology Collective and is just next level and super organized. And I love the people that you're bringing together. It's really, it's important work. Thank you. It's been a journey and it's really fun. And I love like every time we do a new cohort, I'm like, ooh, who's going to be here this time? Because <laughs> it's always so fascinating and beautiful and compelling this to hear everybody's stories and where they're at. So in that spirit, um, I'd like, I'm going to, I want to get into your journey in a, in a detailed way, but okay. first off, just sort of give us like a high level explanation of the type of work that you're doing right now. Yeah. Okay. So if I had to describe it in just a couple of sentences, I would say that I am a kind of an accidental spiritual teacher and that and I say accidental because it. it was definitely not my, like, it wasn't what I was looking to do or I was not a seeker in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, ultimately what I teach is the path that has unfolded for me. And I really speak to it from the sense of like energetic mastery, right? Like of learning um, what I would call like the laws of energy Mm -hmm. that are operating around us and then how we orient towards that and how we what i would say open to our higher 
and highest self and possibility living inside of our body, as opposed to it being this separate entity of like, like the higher self is out there or up there. Um, and kind yeah. of the idea of like bringing that down into a lived experience. Beautiful. And we're so, um, we're so in need of those teachings. I think the way our culture is structured, um, it's a very rare person who is born into a situation where that, that is cultivated. The ability to do that is really cultivated. Well, we're definitely not born into it, right? We're, we're definitely not born into that. We have to, it's usually like midlife, right? That we start cultivating that after we realize that what we were taught like, wait a Doesn't minute. Exactly work. <laughs> Why do I feel so empty and broken and sad all the time? I did everything right. That's right. I mean, I certainly <laughs> hit that point and I was like, basically, uh, you know, future book will be like, uh, where the fuck is my happiness? Um, <laughs> I have a, that, that book title on reserve, but <laughs> you know, like I, I did all of the things, excuse me, where's my happiness? Yeah. I didn't get it. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of what propelled my whole journey. I love it. It's my happiness. (laughs) And so now here you are. Okay. So we're, you're studying quantum biology, which I like, can't wait to see how that sort of the insights from that tie into what you teach, because I love, like, we have like mainstream people who come and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is how it works. But then we have like energy people who come they're like, this of is totally this is- how it works. And now someone's just freaking explaining it. <laughs> well, I remember something you said on a, po- it was either on a podcast or in a post. And it was like, uh, the physicist didn't think that the quantum was like on the biological level. And I was like, what? That is just not <laughs> even like, what do you mean? That's just so obvious. It's just like, I, I live in the land of more, what I would call like feminine wisdom. Mm-hmm. And and what I call kind of truth, which is not the my truth, subjective truth version, but like there, there is this like law of truth. People have a hard time with this word because of what we, the idea that we have about what truth is. But to me, the, the truth is a thread. It's like a, a river that runs through everything. And it, it's the isness of the universe. And when, when we talk about things like the quantum realm, it's like, that's an isness. Like, we don't need to discover it for it to exist. Like, it exists, and then we figured it out, but it was always there. And to me, this idea that it, like, exists some places and not others is like, how did, how did you, how did somebody even, like, to me, that doesn't so make true. any sense whatsoever. So I, I just don't think on that plain i'm i'm like it's obvious no like but we do not have a peer-reviewed study ma'am yes and it's but like our instruments well, cannot measure it it's like, i'm pretty sure it's, it's there anyway it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no it's true because i was trying to explain this to um my friend amy who's a meditation teacher and i was like well you know because it's not scientifically accepted that quantum effects happen at the <laughs> biological level and she was like what it's not <laughs> people don't know that no, not so everybody funny. knew that. Like, that's just, like, nope. <laughs> well, there's this, this other, I think once you start experiencing life through the lens of energetics, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, you, you should just see things differently. 
and yes. the the you also learn to have more faith in the the knowing that the un like that there's an <laughs> this is a funny thing to say the knowing of the unknown mm -hmm. meaning that it's unknown and you might not be able to prove it but that you know it's there anyway yeah yeah that, and then that faith that it and it's like it doesn't matter what someone says or what this or whether there's papers or not it's like there's a knowing I just but there's also know. a feeling there's also yeah. a feeling like I always describe truth, for instance, like this thing that I orient myself to mm -hmm. um, as a frequency. Yeah. Like to me, it has a, a harmonic. It has a certain uh, it has a certain nature to it, like a, um, a feeling. And the thing yes. is, if you're very mental, right, and you're not really tuned into the felt senses, then what you're doing is you're like living in the, the layer of... Uh, you're living in the layer of illusion. Sorry, I'm going to like fuck some people up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, the mental layer is the layer of illusion. It's the layer of the hologram. It's what keeps this illusion of duality uh, in place, right? And so when you, when you start transcending that, you start having experiences that are mm, connecting with things that are beyond the illusion. Yes. And that's like the layer where the, the wisdom of the, the unknown, right? That's the mystery. Yeah. And once you start to see that, you can't unsee it. No. And that's a, that's a perfect segue into what you, I think you wanted to talk about, which is the unraveling. Yeah. 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 Um, my experience is like, I mean, I think that a lot of people have this in, in one way or another, which is like some kind of awakening. And we are in a time, we are not in the time of like the one Buddha, you know, or the one Jesus, right? Like we are, in, and I apologize already if I offend anyone to me, like, you know, he's a great master. Um, and, it, you know, we are in a time of, of mass awakening. Like people are having awakenings and they're living in a world where that awakening does not make any sense, which is part of why I do what I do is, is to help, you know, yeah. with the map and, and pass along the map that I've been given and then, you know, cultivate the map that I experience and just say like, this is my experience and I hope this helps you make sense of your experience, yeah. right? Like that's really like my job is to pass that on. That's great. It's such an important job because it's really hard and confusing because you don't always wake up at the same time as the people around you, as the no. people you live with, as your friends, as your neighbors, as your colleagues. And so to have a blueprint, even just know there's someone else who's like, you're not crazy. This happens. And like I was saying before, even if it's just something like working up the courage to put on blue blockers when you know your family is going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> like just even these little things can like our, I, our steps towards, uh, towards embracing that. I think it's like <clears throat> what I, what I would say to, and I think this is kind of like, we'll go into, I think what you want for your audience to hear, mm -hmm. which is like, my experience is it's like unraveling a sweater, right? You, 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 you have an experience and like maybe that experience sort of breaks something, an idea that you had 
and you're just like, whoa, wait, that, that one awakening, that one piece of reality shifting begins to open something in you, right? And in that opening, you begin an opening that doesn't stop opening. And like once it opens, it's just like, um, it's a thread that just keeps unraveling. And the thing about this, and this is one of the reasons why I teach the feminine so much too, is that our culture is so masculine in its orientation. And I'm not talking about gender here. I'm talking about like, we pedestalize logic and data and structure and things being organized and together and achievable and productive. And when you begin having an awakening, all of that comes undone and you end up in this sort of like wild mess of chaos for a while until you figure out what's going on. And that is really scary for people because in the paradigm of our culture, that looks like failure. That looks like mental illness. That looks like you're just crazy. And what did you do to your life? And like, yeah. why did you blow up your career? And like, why did you leave? Why did you leave your, why did you leave medicine? Like, you know, like you're a doctor, mm -hmm. like, you know, like all of these things. Um, and I wasn't a doctor, right? I was, I did right. other stuff, but um, it's, it's like you almost, you have to get on board with, the beauty of things that are in the feminine realm, which is like messiness and chaos and, and like the undoing and like um, uh, emotions like sadness and grief and anger and like things that we have traditionally considered ugly mm -hmm. or not good, right? Like this is the whole split of like, you know, that which is pedestalized and that which is demonized. And especially for women on the journey, it's like your entire nature has been demonized. Like the nature of your essence of your energy has been demonized for thousands of years. And so there's a lot to wake up to. Yes. Because yeah, when I started really connecting to my intuition, the hardest like the thing that I had to get over was that I would have intuitive senses about to do things or not do things or whatever. And my mind would be like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? And so I would ignore it. And then things would play out in a way that you could never have foreseen. And I was like, oh, if I'd listened, I'd have that, I'd have that thing with me that my intuition said, why don't you bring that? And I didn't because I'm like, I don't need that. Right. Like just little things like that. And I was like, oh. Well, and to me, stop that's making, yeah, that's like our soul whispering to us. It's like the higher version of ourselves, like whispering and saying, like, you know, giving us information. And then like, I, that's the whole point is that the mind is like, no, that's, that's stupid. Like I, you can't, I don't understand why I would need that and whatever, you know, I, I was telling you, I, you know, this whole, I just went through this whole mold journey and mm -hmm. we had toxic mold in our house and I've been out of the house for 10 months. Um, I, my intuition I think number one totally saved us because I figured it out in less than five months. Mm. And I know that most people, you know, yeah. go years before they figure it out. But when we were doing the remediation, I got all of these really random hits and 
like from, you know, I was like, I was like, we need to take the insulation out of the attic. And they were like, what? And I was like, take the insulation out of the attic. And it, w- it was it was something that both my contractor and my mold remediator were like, you don't need to do that. I'm like, yes, you do. I'm like, if it was in the house, then it's in the attic. It's in the insulation. I'm like, take it all out. We ended up taking it out. We found more molds, right? Wow. And like, and all of these, and, and, and I was like, and at the, we were almost done. And I said, you know what? I want you to just check this one spot. And lo and behold, there was more. And then every single step of the way, there's just been this weird thing. Like we were just moving back into our house and we had the fiberglass guys go up into the attic and um, they were up there. And I just had this intuition to tell them to stop. I had no rational, there was nothing. And I said, stop. And I said, come down. And then I said to them, what do you see up there? And they said, you have disconnected vents up there. You have disconnected air ducts and you have things that are not sealed. And I said, get the f- out of here. Like, meaning the dust from the attic was getting into the house. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is why I'm, I was like, okay. I, Cause I had some kind of headache and I was, I was like, what is it? So anyway, that all led to like, and, and it's been like that for 10 months, like literally like yeah. detail by detail by detail, like patience and intuition. And like, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway. And like, following that thread the entire time it's been a real education it's been a real teacher wow yeah and i also feel like the way that i had to deal with my house is the same way i have to deal with my body which has this like layered patient approach Mm -hmm. that is really counter to my preferences (laughs) 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 but 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 doing it like with the house actually yeah. really helped educate and train me on like, oh, this is exactly how I need to relate to my body too. Yes. Yeah. And that, that patience is, um, a fucker. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I interviewed this beautiful woman, Rachel Tudor, and she had like a very, very severe reaction to, um, MRNA shots. And she was, it was, Fuck. she was just, she had like a little bit of every autoimmune disease you can imagine. Like it was just crazy. And she walked me through her recovery process and I was like, and it took a long time. And I was like, how did you, like, how did you find there's the no patients? But, she, but there's you know, no I, other way. She's like, I had no choice. Like I just yeah. had to get a little bit better each day for a year and a half. But see, you know, see, this is, this is, that is, that is exactly it. And there's this, Way I've spent a lot of times in uh, a lot of time in some of these like online groups where people have been struggling with things for a long time, and mm-hmm. um, I immediately stopped being afraid of mold. Like, because initially I was afraid of everything, and yeah. I was just paranoid about everything. And I was like, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. You know, I had I had a real, uh, and my system was really shut down. And I think this is useful because you know, when we, we were talking before we came on, I was talking about inner light. And yeah. um, I believe that my work and working with light in general in my work energetically, because I still haven't gotten up at the 5.30 a.m. for the sunrise, uh, <laughs> even though it's I know good. It's, it's, it's on my, it's on my list. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> I really think that my work and working with inner light has <clears throat> kept me much healthier. And one of the things that uh, I know 
um, and I teach a lot in my work is the like you can't be connected to source light if you're collapsed and contracted. Like the most important thing in the journey is like that you keep opening. And even when you're like in the depths of like darkness, you can be Mm -hmm. open down there and then it, it will feel more like being in the soil as opposed to like being in a dark disconnected room. Right. This, this, and I, and I talk about this in terms of like opening versus collapse. And yeah. so any kind of like hardcore fear, right. And that, that, that like everything is going to hurt me is a contraction that becomes very mental. And then you get locked in your mind and then everything is a problem. And then you're also yeah. creating that, right. You're, you're literally creating that fear over and over again too. Yeah. And, and, and so the practice of like staying open in the body and going slow and like continuously being committed to that opening, I think is a very, very, very important part of, of healing too. Yes. And to me, that brings it back to what you were saying about having a blueprint or having something right. And that's why, you know, just, just the knowledge that like, oh, the sunlight might help me. I can go outside. Right. Like having some idea something to anchor to, yeah, yeah, to anchor to exactly. And some sort of path to follow, then that darkness is not an abyss. It's, it's just a part of the journey. It's like, okay, I'm in the, I'm in the really hard part right now, but there is a way through it. Yeah. And other people have done it and they are telling, they are handing me back some clues and some, and some guidance so that I can keep going and not, as you saying, collapse and contract in. Yeah. I think there's like, I think I look at this in two ways. I think that some of these chronic illnesses, like I, I think this whole like mold I mean, it, 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 it's like a PhD yeah. <laughs> itself, you know what I mean? It's, yes. it's, it's multi-layers. I paid at least $150,000 for my education in it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> it is like a legit education. Um, mm-hmm. But I look at it as like a maze. And the mm. thing about some of these is that I, I think it's also really important for people to remember that uh, as souls, we choose lessons we choose to learn lessons as human beings and we come here in order to expand our consciousness and some of these uh paths and this this is going to be hard for certain people to digest because if you're suffering it's really really hard to hear this but if you can shift any kind of perspective to the fact that like you came to learn something and this is sort of like the double black diamond uh, <laughs> path that your soul is like trying to figure out and that it's a puzzle, right? It's a puzzle that you've given yourself to learn um, in this lifetime how to navigate. And and part of that, I, 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 I know, and this is a thing that I will say is that I know a lot of people who do spiritual work and shamanic work who mm-hmm. all got hit with mold in the last couple of years. Mm. There is something to it, like the number of people that I know that have like that are on big spiritual journeys who are also navigating this is very, very interesting to me. And it 
statistically is very high correlation, right? Like it's obviously I I can't, you know, I don't have evidence or anything like that. But when I look at it, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, there's something, there's something there. There's some puzzle here. There's something with it. There's some piece to it. Yes. And so let's, let's use your story as an example of how to find those puzzle pieces and follow them. Yeah. So you were at one point career, um, you were an executive headhunter. I, that is like a full on job. I'm familiar with that line of work as a coach. And like, <laughs> it's no joke. Like it's, it's busy. It's stressful. There's demands and high level people wanting things all the time, every minute. Okay. I love so, it though. It so that, so that, and so that was fun while it, it was, was fun. So, it was so okay. fun. I so mean, that was your life and you were living overseas. And yeah, I mean, it was us- in New York. Then I was in Hong Kong. We had that that like slight overlap. But when I was in Hong Kong, something happened to me because I hit a certain point in my career. I was like, I went out there when I was about 26, 27 years old. And right before I went out there, they were sort of grooming me to be partner uh, in my firm. I worked at a, a company that that had it was a boutique and being a partner was like being a partner at a law firm. It was it was a really big yeah. deal. And part of that was going out and, you know, working in an international office. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go really. Um, but I had made a lot, I had I had my first million plus year the year before, and like I was doing really well. And I was, but I'm gonna just say this, like looking back, I mean, I was a mess. Like I was, <laughs> I was a hot mess, but I was really good at my job. And yeah. anyway, I went out there and something happened where i just started having these groundhog days like where because i had mm. sort of couldn't see past where i was and i and every day felt the same and i i was like what is like is this my life is this it you know and i had this magnet on my refrigerator that said just when the butterfly thought the world was over or just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. And I swear to God, that was like some like spiritual placement. Yeah. <laughs> because it was an anchor for me. Yeah. Because I I could not remember. I mean, I and by the way, like I was not a spiritual person at that time, just so we're clear. Like I had done some energetic work and things like that. I was interested in, you know, acupuncture and I had learned some theta healing. So like my quantum stuff goes back like 20 years really, but I wasn't practicing it. It was, it was just sort of things that were in my periphery of interest. Um, and mostly because I didn't feel well for the majority of my life. And now I know why, because I probably have had Sears for like 20 years, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was I was kind of exploring some of these things, you know, just to kind of feel better. And um, that, that, that magnet though, felt like a, like an anchor. And, and at some point I ended up in Bali and I, um, I was on vacation my boyfriend at the time was in Ireland with his parents and I didn't go and I, I went to Bali by myself. And I had this uh, encounter with some women uh, at, the, at a bar and we were having drinks and they were there to see a teacher, um, an enlightened master. And I had no idea what that was at the time, but I was like imagining that it was like Katoot from Eat, Pray, Love, like the, yeah. <laughs> the fortune teller. 
<laughs> like that, was, that was like I was like oh my god the guy from Eat Pray Love you know and um th- but this this just shows you like how far away from I was not a seeker right like I had read The yeah. Secret and I thought that was the best book in the world you know it was like that 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 was my experience but anyway they took me to meet him and my life dramatically changed that week in in such a foundational way and i went through a whole process um of sitting with him and i didn't even want to be there i was just like i don't know what this is or whatever and his people were like you have no idea what kind of a privilege and invitation this is because he invited me into their retreat and i was like i don't you know i was like what i want to be by the pool but anyway so he had me start doing these exercises written exercises and i talk about like peeling the onion right like so it was like Mm -hmm. he had me like really start peeling the onion and looking at like the things that i believed and one of the things that i saw in that was that all of my success was never for me like none of it was for me i had done all of this for like the approval of like my dad or like my bosses or like to get away from something or you know to to try and 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 it just i'm the kind of person i'm a very decisive person i've always been very decisive but like seeing that it pulled the entire card house of my entire life and i literally left bali on a sunday and i called my boss in new york on monday and i was like dude i'm i'm done and he was like what do you mean and i'm like i'm leaving and he's like leaving where (laughs) what are you talking about he could not even comprehend what i was talking about i'm like i am quitting headhunting I will give you a month's notice. I'll unwind all my clients. I'll give you all this stuff. I said, but I'm done. He's like, take a sabbatical. He's like, you're about to make partner. And I was like, no, I was like, I am done. I need to be done. Oh, and I had like, just to be everyone's clear, like I was making a lot of money, but I had zero plan. I had not thought about this at all. I did not like, I did not make a plan. I mean, I just was like, I'm done and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I am I that kind of person. Money. Yeah. I had enough money that it was like not a wild and crazy thing. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. but, but I was also accustomed to living in a certain way that that (laughs) I got a fast education. Let's just put it that way. I, 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 I went, I went totally broke, uh, in this whole process, which I think was also very important. It was important part of my journey, but everything unraveled everything. And I, and I spent like two years unraveling like in the dark by myself. And it's another thing that I would never recommend to people because I, yeah, I would say that I barely made it through. Yeah. Like there were some really, really dark times and I somehow miraculously navigated them alone. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. It's don't do it alone. Well, if anyone's listening and they're contemplating something, yes. It's one of the things that I, I, it's really interesting because I, people really do like for my upper level programs that I, and when I work with people on these journeys, like I work with people for multiple years and a big part of that journey is actually like their entire life coming apart, like holding them through basically everything that's not true, like coming undone and just holding them through. Yeah. That so that like when they begin to create again and they, they, they come to this place of um, what I used, like to call it is switching tracks, which is the track of like the egoic life mm-hmm. where like the desires that you think you it's like the things that you think you want 
in order to be yeah. the person that you think you're supposed to be based on a set of ideas versus the person that you're meant to be by following what I call this thread of truth that is inviting you step by step into like an unfolding of your life as opposed to this uh, armoring of your life, right? In the egoic track, we add layers of significance, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? We add layers of like, oh, look, I'm certified in this. And like, I have this degree and like, I'm doing this and look at all these things that I've achieved and all of that. And then the other, the, 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 what I call the feminine path is like the path of undoing. It's the like unbecoming everything that you are not. Like you are not that certification. You are not that idea. You know, you are not the idea of that. And and it's just like, who are you actually? If you unbecame all of these things that you think that you are. And I think that this is actually something that's happening for your quantum biology people probably because it's a little yeah. bit of a, it's like, it's like being called towards representing a kind of truth that the rest of the world has not yet embraced. Yes. Right? Like they are asked to like represent and hold this anchor for people yeah. in the world when it does not actually meet the, we talked about this, like the scientific standards, right? It doesn't have that proof yet. Yeah. It doesn't have that, the acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's it's like, how do you, how do you follow that? Yeah. Who would you become if you followed that? Look at who you've become. Look at who you've become in following that. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) It's an invitation, right? It is. And I tried to turn it down, Perry. I really did, but I know it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like, no, <laughs> it's you, the it's message was like, sorry, that's your job. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said accidental spiritual teacher, because I, it took me a while to like, even like be, be willing to like own that. Cause yes. I, I was, I was like, if I, you know, I, I, I was teaching like some, some business that I ultimately named magic led business, which is like this soul led kind of business. And I was like, oh my God, if I do that, my entire multi-million dollar LinkedIn network is just going to think that I am an absolute quack and I'm just going to lose everything. And I, it was mm-hmm. like a back door, right? It was like a, yeah. it was like a, okay, I'm just flushing my LinkedIn network down the toilet and it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going there. And it is what it is. What happened? Is that actually what happened? Um, I don't really engage with my LinkedIn anymore, but maybe one day. Um, I just kind of uh, sat in the corner, <laughs> yeah. and um, I would I, here. I would I would describe it like this. When I was younger, I was like a networker. There was a period of time when I was a club promoter, actually. And when mm-hmm. I would go out, I mean, I was just always like kind of like a little butterfly, you know, I flit and go see everyone and say hi. And then I was like always really envious of like the person who just sat in the corner and everyone came to see them. <laughs> I was yeah. like, so much better. I was like, yeah, they just like sit at like a table and then people yeah. come to see them. And I was like, that is, that is the way to do this because it was like exhausting, like running around talking to all these people. And that's what I do. Like, that's how I run my business. I do not, I just sit and I, I share and I, I open and I teach and 
people find me. Like I don't, I don't go hunting. Right. People to cut. And I, I don't really convince people to work with me either. Like, it's just like you either feel the way I look at it is like, I have a bat signal and yeah. like that either lights up the bat signal in you or it doesn't, or maybe it triggers the fuck out of you and you'll ignore me for two years <laughs> and <come> back. <laughs> a lot of those stories, people are like, I yeah. blocked you for two years and then I came back and whatever. But love it. Like that, that feeling of like, see, and I think that's what you're doing too, because I see you and I feel like that's how I found you, which is just like, I am just going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm just going to keep listening and I'm just going to keep serving this thing. Right. I'm just going to serve it. And if you build it, they will come. (laughs) You know, like it just, and, 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 and in doing that, it, it grows its own light in a way and its own momentum. And, and that light sort of, be, is a beacon for others. I definitely think you've done that. I think I think you are doing that. And I think that's what I would say the people who are learning from you need to do as well. There is this way where in our culture, I think a lot of people are like, I need to convince people. I yeah. need to have all the arguments prepared and I need to be able to like, you know, prove it to them and convince them of my way. And what I would say to everyone is like, you do not need to do that. The truth sort of speaks for itself you just kind of hold it and represent it you do not need to like bang it over people's heads it just is it's an isness and they don't have to accept it for it to be true and that's sort of the way that i operate and it's also the way that i started operating online which is i used to love debate i used to like have people come into my space and i would like hold space for all of this like argumentative debate and things like that all the different thoughts and perspectives my husband was like who the fuck are you talking to like what are you doing what is that why is that so important like i he's like i have lost you for two hours into like some thread that is like he's like is that actually important and what i realized was that it was just actually just using a lot of mental energy Mm-hmm. And that none of it actually mattered. And so what I started doing, and people do hate me for this, because they they misinterpret what it means, is that I don't actually allow debate in my spaces. Wow. It's like, I'm sharing. There's a boundary. Good. Yeah, because, because to me, it's like um, the debate is happening on a mental level. Yeah. There's deeper discussion that can happen on a spiritual level, like an embodied level, but like, when people come into my space and they don't like what I've said, a lot of times they, they come in with this sort of outrage energy, which mm-hmm. is like, they want to fight with me to prove who's right. And I'm like, I don't need to fight with you. So you can leave. I, I'm not interested. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, from their vantage point, right. You, that is interpreted as like, I can't debate. And it's like, no, I don't want to, I'm not interested. Yeah, like, yeah. and so, this is this is something that I really think some of your audience probably could benefit from because you could end up spending all of your time and energy debating with people who have better proof than you do and you cannot win on their stage of argument. You cannot. And the point is not to win. 
it's like you just keep doing what you're doing the evidence will become clear as you work with people the transformation becomes clear in you know in in what unfolds yes and that is a really powerful message because this does come up a lot and i've even started um on the orientation call like doing like a scale of like how mad people are going to get at you (laughs) when you bring up certain topics. And so it's like circadian rhythm. It's like, people are like, Oh really? And if I'm like, if you want everyone to find research, when they Google what you said, just talk about circadian rhythm. Quantum biology is like, people are going to be like, what is that? This is metaphysical bullshit. Yeah. And if you tell them the sun is good for you and doesn't cause cancer, they will get rageful. Really angry. I know (laughs) that's the rage. Well, it's really, it's interesting because I, I feel like I've always, you got to tap, everyone has to think about tapping into this deeper wisdom because it's like, I'll give you an example. When I was younger, my dad had some issues and like cholesterol, whatever, he ended up in the hospital for something and they were like, oh, you have really high cholesterol. And I remember being little and going to a nutritionist with him and the nutritionist was like, eggs are bad. And I was maybe like eight and I was like, that's fucking bullshit. I just didn't even (laughs) care. Like what the, what, you know, like, and I, and I never bought that stuff. And I like watched people eat that country crock and all of that stuff. And I was like, I'll have the butter, please. Like I, I, I never stopped. Um, I never bought into any of that. And I, I just, I never went down the like processed low fat cookie thing or, you know, like it just was never my jam and it just never made sense to me and i was like this is logically just not the thing and so um i think i've had a couple of of other things like that where you know over time like the sun piece too has always like i don't wear sunscreen and i really never have you know and i'm 45 and i've never had any botox or fillers or anything i seem to be doing okay you know but i intuitively was like i just never really i i love the sun i go out in the sun and i i was like i don't yeah. I don't know. I don't think this is true. I I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. You're right. Back to what you're saying before. It doesn't feel true. Doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel true that I need to wear SPF 50 every time I step out of my home. (laughs) Like that just, it feels off. Yeah. And, you know, and now we know that not only does the sunscreen cause cancer, um, (laughs) but, you know, it's like we have a population that's really deficient in vitamin D because we've basically told them not to be outside. And, uh, and that probably has, well, we know that has its own implications, but I, I, I want to, I want to say something too about this, which is like, I, I want to, I want to share an intuition that I had when I, um, when we found the mold in my house, Mm -hmm. I knew that this whole house was actually meant to teach me something about my own body. So there's a way that I have worked with the house on a shamanic level of like, um, and a lot of the the healing of myself that I've done is in the shamanic realm of uh, 
the metaphysical of, of, of going in and being like, well, what does this actually represent? Right. Mm-hmm. What is this? Like, what is this? And what do I need to look at? And it's very interesting because everything that I was guided to, and I won't, I won't get into like all the details, but um, they, the, the meaning on the physical, like whatever happens in the physical is a representation energy precedes matter. Right. And that's, that's why working with the quantum is so powerful, right? Because you're working, you're working in the energetics in the place where like transformation can happen before it hits density. Yes. And so like when you, when you are most of any time that I've really needed to work on my health, if I go too deep into the physical, I get lost in the puzzle. I've had to like take it out a couple of notches and really work in the field of the energy prior to it hitting the, you know, and so one of the things that I learned, and I think that this, if it's really funny, because I tried to post this in a mold group, and they didn't approve it. Because <laughs> it was too weird of a question. But I was like, I wanted to know how many people had like toxic upbringings. Or yeah. like childhood abuse that had mold. Because I think that mold is stagnant emotion. It's in the water realm and it's mm-hmm. like old and and whatnot and one of the sh- the shamanic things that i did with a friend of mine who's a wonderful shaman and we went in and we we like went in and cleaned all the pericardium waters of my heart and when mm-hmm. we went in i i had and i had this feeling that it was gonna like that it was like moldy right it was like yeah. old like old old pain and grief and what's very interesting <laughs> is that as I started, you know, working on some of this, these emotions are so buried, right? Like that was really actually hard to access. And then what started happening is that literally everywhere I went, whenever I was not expressing emotions, there would be water falling through the ceiling. And this has happened in like four different places where like, you know, and, and I, and I had one like, was like I moved into an apartment and down the hallway like we had water coming through the ceiling twice and you know obviously as a mold person you're just like what the fuck right (laughs) and then and then um we finished our house and like they screwed up something on the roof and there was water coming through raining through the ceiling of the totally remediated home and I just like was like what is what is going on and then I was in a hotel and and a couple of weeks ago and again like literally it was raining through the lighting fixture onto like the oh chair and the couch and i messaged You're like okay Pat. i get it already i get it, I get it. but i messaged Stop it with them <laughs> well i messaged the manager of the hotel he's like oh my god we're so sorry you know they really take care of us at this hotel and and i said i said you know morgan i said i think that i am the common denominator <laughs> <laughs> of the leaks and to me it's like um you know, in Inception, when they like go down into the level and like it's pouring rain and the guy's like, could you not have taken a piss before we got down here? <laughs> like, it's kind of like that. <laughs> but once you start realizing that like this realm is like that, that, you know, it, the the things that we're shown and given and it it's like has intricate meaning and you can work within an energy and 
it's not just this mm, hard physical problem. Then you start to open yourself up to, okay, well, how do I work with this on the quantum level, right? Like, like, you know, and, and it's interesting because I learned theta healing, which is a modality like 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago now. And, um, it's, it's about, it's about connecting with the quantum about like changing and commanding for change on the quantum level and on the belief level. And so even in the, I guess the way that I would describe it is like, if you were to get to light, right. Even if from, from being outside, you need to be able to receive it. Yes. And so if you aren't open, you can't receive like, so, so the whole, whole thing is like, what is keeping me closed? Ideas are keeping you closed. Old emotions are keeping you closed. Trauma in the body keeps you closed. Constriction, like all of this stuff. So it's like the whole journey is just like, how do I continue to open? And then once you can open the light does its own thing. You don't actually need to do anything once you have access. It just unfolds. Yes. And as we stay in the process of being open, that, yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, now, now it's time to do this. It just, it's not a forced effort. It becomes clear. And I keep, I keep thinking about this woman, Rachel, who I mentioned before, because a big part of her healing was, you know, mitigating all the toxic light and frequencies in her home and doing that you know, regulating her skating rhythms and spending time outside. But she also did um, a healing with a woman called Veda Austin, who works with water crystals. Mm. And so when you were talking about that I trauma being is. trapped. I love her stuff. That so stuff cool, is right? wild. And so that was, Rachel did that as well. And she would imprint water crystals. She would ask herself what needed to be imprinted on those water crystals for to heal. So she, she was would, using it as a mirror. Yes, I I don't know the details, but the water crystals were, yes, and then you would freeze them, and they would come out in a certain kind of pattern, and then she would eat them. Oh, she would eat them. Yes. And so So the 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 water isn't it crazy? Oh, look at this pseudoscience telling people like blah blah blah. (laughs) See, but I think sometimes you need to be. See, I think the people who are called into these weird sicknesses that like western medicine has not figured out at all are actually being called into experiment with truth yes right it's like it's yes. like how sick to are you that you're a willing to truth. but that you're even willing to consider the yeah. possibility of eating water crystals might heal you like you have to be pretty sick to even consider trying that right and and yet look at how incredible intention yes. is and right and and yeah yeah and it and the yeah the frequency and so when you were saying about having that trapped trauma in there um you know like Carrie Bennett which she would you know when we talked about Rachel's case and with the water like she were filled with all of this uh exclusion zone water which is like the the plasma water in all of our cells and it, it imprints, 
like, as we know, as water holds memory. And so it makes perfect sense that all of that stuff was imprinted in there and that you needed to clear it out. Totally. Energetically and need, in order and to heal to, physically. Exactly. And I also, and I, and I need to continue to, right. And, um, and it's, and it's interesting too, because I think that I saw something yesterday, someone was talking about, Whereas like the mold is not, I'm not even convinced it's actually the mold. Like, you know, the people get very fixated on the outside thing, mm -hmm. but I feel like the mold was like the brick through the window. And it, and it took me on a journey into my house, right? <laughs> into my physical house yes. being, right? To, to explore like, how, what do I need to do to make this space healthy? Right. What what have I yeah. what have I not looked at? What have I not you know, like what 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 have I not done? Yeah. And so, you know, layer delayering and delayering. And I feel like I'm in the physical part of the journey of like what I've already done spiritually. Like now I'm doing yeah. like the application is now in the physical. And sometimes people start on the physical and they then go to the spiritual. And I and yeah. I think it's all Kind yeah. Of. It's like we come in the door to healing, usually the door that's causing the most pain in our lives. And then we move through. So I'm with you. I came in through the spiritual self-actualization door, I had, you know, some addictive elements to my life and you moved through that darkness. And then, you know, you come out and I think we we're talking about this before we started recording, but it's like, like my mind is is good. My mind knows its place. It knows it's not in charge of everything, that there's something bigger. And I have, I can think in an organized way that supports my life and isn't, yes. I'm not constantly yelling at myself and putting myself, you know, like I was in like this really good space. And then I got chronic fatigue and it's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't well, done the physical. Like I can't, yeah, <laughs> I well, gotta I move to into this down. space now. Yeah. I can't. Oh, I was just hearing. So I was like, oh, okay. I thought I heard something outside. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that it's, it's interesting because I, I, I have a similar, it's almost like, oh, look, you've, you've, you've awakened this layer and now you're awakening another layer. I think what happens when people hit the physical first or like that's their mm -hmm. first is that they missed a bunch of invitations because the physical yes. is the most dense. And I actually, I'm glad you came back because I did want to come back to that because I also talk to a lot of people who start yeah. in the physical and don't, they don't find the bridge into the next piece and then they get angry mm -hmm. um, because they feel like well, you, you told me if I ate like this, I'd be better. And you, you know, the world told me if I did this, I'd be better. And if I w watched every sunrise, I'd be better. And if I did all these things, I'd be better. And it's like, so the way that I and would look at that out is that they, they have not, they have not allowed for the egoic awakening. They have not allowed for like the egoic collapse that happens when your reality shifts in, in a major way. And, um, they are stuck on a prior version of reality, trying to get back to something as opposed to the allowing of the unfolding of becoming someone new from the location that they are. And like, that's classic ego to me. Like, and when I say ego, I'm not talking for people, like I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about the personality that is not you made up of, you know, ideas, beliefs, 
programming, culture, like identity, all of that stuff, like any of these initiations, because they're initiations, right, is is all a matter of like, can you let go of this idea of yourself? Can you can you can you be with what you're becoming and then actually potentially own something that you are that is uncomfortable, right? Like, you know, I think we both talked about this before we came on, which is like, I definitely, the the whole spiritual teacher path, like even just owning that was like, oh God, like <laughs> what? Right. You know, it was not my preference. Like right. people think like I'm out here, like, I don't want to oh, do like, this. I want to be a spiritual teacher. It's like, no, I am a spiritual teacher. Like that's what's happened. Yeah. It's what I've become and in this unfolding. And um, I wasn't seeking to be that for any reason. Yeah. It's just now it's just a fact. And like, I think that's where it's like you become something and people become something. And it, and when it doesn't meet our preferences, right, there's a rejection of it. And so I think that's what happens to people on their on their physical journeys, too, is that they're looking for someone to save them. They're looking for yeah. the formulaic bulletproof answer. And the thing is, it's like there isn't one. It's like every single person has a unique journey. And I can tell you personally that I looked for people to save me on the physical for many years. Like I just would go to, you know, I used to actually have really bad hypochondria. Like I would be so terrified. And mm -hmm. what I ultimately determined on my journey was that this terror that I was associating with hypochondria was actually related to the birth trauma of being adopted. That it was that, that like separation and like fear of yeah. what I thought was death, but it wasn't, it was like this fear of this disconnection. And I, it took me 40 something years, <laughs> like, cause I'm, I'm 45. I only figured this out a few years ago. Yeah. That that the fear that I was having in my body was related to that trauma, but it looked like I was fearful of like diseases or something. Right. And it's like that wasn't actually the thing. It wasn't it was it, that, that fear was, finding a way to show up. That's right. It was just like my mind just took the feeling and projected it onto a particular thing. So I don't have that anymore, right? right? Which I'm really glad because in this like mold phase, like I'm really sensitive to a lot of things and I've had to own the fact that now I'm just really, really sensitive, which actually in mm. the path of awakening is part of the path is becoming so sensitive. It's denumbing. It's being able to feel like that yeah. tiny, subtle thing. We think that's bad. Right. See, we think that's bad. It's inconvenient. Like, I can't function. I don't want to yeah. feel everything. I don't want to be, I don't want to smell the mold when I walk into a room. You know what I mean? And yes. it's just like, actually, what's happening is your senses are awakening. Yes. And that happens, that happens with light too. It's like, when you, if you turn on your screen or your phone on factory settings at full brightness, it's like, oh my God, I used to sit in front of this all the time and not notice. And now it's like, whoa, you right, know, because, because you have we reattuned yourself yeah. to the real thing. And then you start to feel the difference. Right. And then what happens is 
as, as the more that you attune to truth, like for instance, on my journey, alcohol fell away. Like, you know, th- there was like a, a lot of things that, um, like I never wanted to give up alcohol. I was like, you know, I stopped drinking about five years ago, but I loved drinking. Like I loved my glass of wine, like, you know, my five o'clock you know, Sauvignon Blanc, whatever. And then eventually the frequency of where I was just, it literally fell away. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even have it in my system or anywhere near me really. It's a kind of a low frequency. Yeah. (sighs) Alcohol. Yeah. Entities. Um, but, but it's, it's similar because what happens is, is like you start orienting towards what's true. Yeah. And then, and then what's not true starts to really become clear. Yeah. And so let's talk about, um, to wrap up, like the ways to live, um, where you can see that truth, but not get overwhelmed by the level of inauthentic, false narratives and such that are sort of swirling around in this dimension, right? Like for me, it's having, having people I can talk to like this Mm. who live in the same dimension that I do. (laughs) And then I could go out and hang out in like the normal world and not get, not get too bothered by it. Cause I like, I have my people and I have my place. Yeah. What are some tips? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Share. Um, I mean, look, I, one of, one of the reasons that I, I also teach other people awakening is because it is lonely. (laughs) I mean, it's just selfishly. It's like, it is, it is kind of lonely in the sense that, that, um, what happens is, is that when you, when you begin to see this, like beyond the illusion, like beyond the programming, it's like the people that you, the people that you meet when you're walking down the street, <laughs> yeah, the street. are uh, living in a different reality. They yeah. literally are living in a different reality. They're, they are, they are living through a lens that you do not share. And so that, that lack of shared reality uh, creates disconnection and it's hard because that's the painful part. And they see things through their beliefs and their ideas and their programming and you have been deprogrammed you are you know you're you can see through you know it's like people who still watch cnn i'm like are you fucking kidding like do you not understand <laughs> like what 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 part of the media did you not like what memo did you not get yeah that's not like, even real like you know <laughs> fiction fantasy television um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know no, it's but, so but, true but it's listen, like oh you didn't get sit- the memo it went out like 800 times in the last there, few years <laughs> i know but there are people that still sit down at the dinner table and like turn it on and they're like oh sanjay gupta is gonna tell us what to do and like okay. yeah i just to me it's it's like it it's like a sitcom like I, I i cannot i mean i can kind of relate you know i try you can always kind of try to connect with people on the deeper level, right? Like you can, yeah. you can always make that invitation. They may be scared of you, actually. They might find it triggering. Yeah. Right. And, and that's also hard because what happens is that like the more that you hold something like truth or light, you know, like you are, 
the more that it is confronting to people's ideas of the world and themselves. And so there is this mm, sort of resiliency that you must have of not taking it personally. And that is yeah. that is something that I see people, you know, in these discussions and debates, arguments, et cetera, in, in navigating these different realities is um, the way that we, we cannot take it personally. And believe me, that has been a big thing for me because yeah. I have, I have had a lot of heartbreak on my, on my journey with people and, and trying not to take it personally, but sometimes I take it personally and yeah. it hurts and it hurts. Yeah. And it does, we, it does hurt. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we want to be accepted and liked and it's hard when people don't want to well, offer and, that. And especially when people see us as an agent of disruption to their reality. Right. Yes. You know, like, yeah. like meaning like, so for so many people, like think about this from the medical perspective, right. And, and the people that, that are kind of working with you, those people are becoming people who are a threat to the medical system, which is a cartel. Sorry. Yeah. No, it is. You know, I mean, yeah. there are good there are good people trying to practice medicine to help people. There are good people inside yeah. of the system. The system itself is corrupt. The yeah. system itself is distorted. It is not like the system, the overarching medical system is no longer about health and wellness. Yeah. I'm not even sure it ever was. Yeah. Just as a quick um, example of that, we have, so my husband works corporate job. We have corporate health insurance um, for, you know, catastrophes. We don't use it much, but we got a little card in the mail that was like, we are now paying for a uh, it was called secondopinion.com. And it was like, your your health insurance is now covering a second opinion. If your doctor has recommended any of the following surgeries, we will pay you $200 to go get a second opinion because <laughs> they know how over-prescribed these surgeries, right? Like there's, and so they're the ones paying for all these surgeries. And there's like this whole list of surgeries. Unnecessary surgeries. That they they're like, Actually, you know, so now like the insurance is like coming up, the insurance um, system is coming up with ways to like double check the medical system so they don't have to be paying for so many surgeries. And I'm just looking at this thing and like, oh my God, right? Like there used to be a time where a a surgery was life-saving and that was that. And now it's like- and by the way, like we, I, I also want to just say, like, I'm not dismissing all of Western medicine. I think yes, there's, sure. there's some incredible advancements and, and things where, um, you know, seriously, I mean, like if you were in a car accident, you pray <laughs> that you yeah. have surgeons and things like Absolutely. that. You know, and certainly what they've done for hearts and, you know, yeah. transplants and all of that. Um, but I, I think that we can all say that Western medicine is about crisis management. It's not about health and that is just a, it's a totally different thing. And that's one of the reasons why it's actually pretty useless for a lot of these chronic things, which are just like system 
shutdowns, right? Like, like where yes. the body is out of balance and it's asking. And, and I think that people don't want this simple answer. They, they're, they're like, it cannot just be that I get up in sunrise and go look at the sun. Like that cannot be the fucking answer. <laughs> you have to give me a painkiller or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Cause the, the conditions something. and the symptoms are so multi-layered and complex. It feels like the solution should be really complex. But this is why and yet, we live in a, see, we live in a problem oriented culture where like yeah. we like problems and we like solutions because that's mental and egoic. Mm. Like the, the ego loves puzzles, right? So it's like, give me a problem and then let me spend all of my focus, time and attention on figuring out that problem. When actually it's like, you've got to drop down like a hundred layers beneath the problem to just be like, okay, what is the simple Yes. root. Right. And so like when I work with people on pattern work, for instance, like I was explaining to you, if I just focused on hypochondria, right? Like, and this is, you know, like, or my, my, my worries about health or things like that, that used to plague me. Um, I never would have gotten below it. Yeah. I had to actually go into like the feeling of it and then be like, what is that? But we're yeah. always trying to avoid the feeling of the thing. And so we end up in the static layer of the story. And the thing is, is that the feeling can create lots of different stories. And so if you're always trying to solve the problem on the story level, which is like the symptom level, right? If you're always yep. chasing symptoms, yep. you're never going to get to the root of like what is actually what is the original ripple that is creating this over and over and over again right because that's the other thing that you know if you go and cure your cancer but you don't know what caused it and you don't know what caused it on an energetic and spiritual emotional level and a lot of people don't want to hear that that energy is still rippling yeah right the that thing that frequency is it. still active. Exactly. The frequency is still active. And remember that the energy is compounding like into matter. And so it's like, if you, you know, got to address it further out on all the layers. And yeah. so similarly, like this is how you transform behavior. Yes. Yeah, it's the it's the root cause, the root as opposed to treating the symptoms, even and and especially in terms of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Because behavior doesn't come from nowhere. No. And you don't punish or shame behavior into transformation either, because then you get behavior yeah. modification, not transformation. And so it's the yeah. same thing with, I think, the health piece. Yes. It's like you can go outside and do the sun and like these people who are angry and they're like, why isn't this working? It's like, well, because you're entitled to a solution. You feel entitled to get something because you checked off all the boxes when you actually aren't available or allowing for the opening of the transformation to happen. There's a softening that's needed. Oh, so good. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And so, and then it's, and, it's and I like want to say just yeah. a caveat mm -hmm. for this, like, I still struggle. Like I, I, yeah. I, like I have my practice, but like, I will tell you, I was saying, I was saying to Meredith before we came on, I was like, 
on a consciousness level and and uh, there there's so many places where i have so much mastery and then my nervous system is still fucked yeah <laughs> like i am still dealing with this like preverbal trauma that just like takes me out you know and like makes me reactive sometimes to certain things and it's just like i and 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 i've had to have so much compassion for the gap between like what my nervous system sometimes is capable of and yes. like what i no. <laughs> yes. Right. There's like, there's this gap between like little baby Perry who's like super traumatized. And then like, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's actually the, the work is, is, um, closing that gap with compassion. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's such a good point. And I just had that experience as well, you know, and I'm like, oh, and I've got this and my sleep is good and this is good. And I've got all these things going on. And it's like, and then like my shoulder seized up in like, in, and it's like, I've never had anything how is so painful. And like the acupuncturist are like, yeah, it's really seized up. And they did the cupping and it turned purple. They're like, oh, it's really angry in there. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. You know, someone told <laughs> what me, am, what am I not doing? Hormones. Yeah. Someone told me recently, this is like, this is totally like a hormonal thing too, mm. is the shoulder. Interesting. Hormones. Right. And so there yeah. you go. You you yeah. think you have this like muscular problem, right? Like, and, yeah. and it could just be something absolutely totally unrelated. You know, which shoulder is it? Your right shoulder or left shoulder? Left. I would just go look at all the layers. Yeah. Cause, cause right. It's like, well, what happened? And it's like, well, nothing happened. Well, something happened. Yeah. But maybe you're looking for it in not the right place. Yeah. No. And it was when, um, cause I did, you know, and they did the cupping and the acu and the acupuncturist, they put the little cups on and it the, pulls out the inflammation and it turns red. So over all my back that felt fine, the little circles were pink and over the part where I had this intense situation, it turned dark purple. Even she was like, Oh my God. Yeah. A lot of stuff. She goes, she goes, it's really angry in there. And I'm like, where, where am I angry? <laughs> and I can't find it, but it, I don't know. What happened right before somewhere. you had the shoulder thing? I was trying to do a lot of things in one day. I was going from thing to thing. And, uh, I was like, I'm going to make it to this fitness class. I'm going to do this Pilates class. <laughs> that was the last thing I ever did. Yeah. See, it's like, and like, just in there, like what I hear in that is like somewhere you overrode something somewhere. Like, right. Like it, something got forced and then the body said, nope. And I think that is, I mean, it's my experience as we, like the place it, like the price for me now, like the places that I don't listen, I get a really hard smackdown very quickly. Like, yeah, you know, ultimately, intense. yeah. And the energy is ultimately the teacher, right? Like ultimately we, we are in relationship with universal energy and that energy is guiding and we do have free will. Like we can make choices, mm -hmm. uh, but the farther our choices take us away from that energy, uh, the stronger the reaction in my experience, especially the more that you wake up 
So like when we're not, when we're kind of in like the slumber zone, Mm -hmm. I would say like we have a lot more free will to just do and be ignorant. But the more that you wake up, the more responsibility you have to actually align yourself with this higher thread or current of truth. uh, And that, you know, and that, and that you will get adjusted. Like it will adjust you precisely and clearly. Right. Yeah. You know, and, yes. and, and sometimes, and, and to me, like my experience is that the, we will get a whisper. If we do not hear the whisper, you might get a tap on the shoulder, then you might get a brick through the window. And then if you're <laughs> really not listening, you will get a Mack truck. And like my, my, I like to try to hang out in the whisper and tap on the shoulder zone. Yes. The cost of the Mack truck is high. I think this is a tap literally on your shoulder, literally on my shoulder on, and I'm (laughs) left-handed too. Like this is my side where I do everything. And (laughs) yeah, I I think it is perhaps maybe less doing more being. Yes, that is, as you were speaking, I'm like, yeah, I have all of these. Yeah. Reflective path practices and spiritual practices that I have not been attending to. And I've been getting very deep impulses. Like you need to have get that time back where you would just yeah. hang out in the nothingness. And um that used to happen like well, because we lived overseas. So we would do like we would we moved to Hong Kong and then we moved to France. And I would have these periods of time where like I would get the children settled and everyone would get settled. And then like around like month two, I'd be like, oh like I'm I'm totally alone in a new place. So nobody knows me. Nobody expects me anywhere. I have nothing to do. I haven't set up any structures for myself yet. And I would just have this like kind of limbo time. And I had so many that was when I that was when I meditated and yeah. found the light. Like I had so many you know the the quantum biology piece and so many things like that. Um and I don't do that anymore. We have to create it. You know, it's really, it's really interesting. I'm actually doing that for myself this week um, because we moved back into our house and then I ended up back at the hotel and we were just at this hotel for 30 days by accident. Like it was just kept getting extended and extended when we were trying to get back into our house. And I was like, okay, I will take a vacation this time. I promise. I'm like, I just like, like, it was like, no, go, go do nothing when really I feel like I have so much to do and I have so much to get done. And it really does not make sense mentally, right? Like I'm in kind of this productive zone, but actually what I really need is some space this week. And so I gave it to myself and I just took it and said, you know what? Like I need to go and sit at the pool and just be with myself and hang out and hang out with my husband a little bit and just, Because my experience actually is that in that space, in when I can sit and open, which is that space that you're looking for, that's the space that real creation comes from, not the doing. Like the do we 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 consider in our culture the doing to be the creation, but it's not. Mm. It's like just like keep coming back to that opening and from that opening we can start again and it's that people do not give themselves permission for that because we really value the productivity and the doing yeah and it's the same thing about like the getting better too it's like what am i doing to get better and it's like well maybe you just need to be 
Just be, be in the light. So internally um, and externally. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So um, I do just want to wrap up by saying, yeah, if someone, anyone is sort of moved to towards an opening by this conversation, I do recommend getting some support. Um, We talked about this earlier. You don't, you you know, if you're, if you feel something coming on where you, you need to go deep down and look at some things, definitely get some support. Don't do that by yourself. And I really Um, recommend that people seek out somatic so like if you're going to go for therapy during something like that, like I really recommend practitioners who are working with the body mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, during an awakening, um, I, I, I'm not saying p- to people shouldn't seek out therapy if they need it, but the you want to make sure you're working with a practitioner who's not working just with the egoic mind. Yes. It's really yeah. important. That's a really good point. Yeah. And it may be, you may need a team. One person will get you to one place and then someone else, some to another place. And Perry, what are your options for people to work with you or attend your events? Do you have courses? What are, I do. I have a, I have, have a lot of different ways. I'm actually making some really big changes right now. Like there's a, a huge oh, cool. Yeah. I change my business often in the sense that like, when I can feel like something's stagnant or not true, like I just shake things up and restructure my programs. And I'm actually going through a really big restructure right now. But the the program that I wanted to put out there to your audience, because I think you have a lot of leaders who are listening, um, is a program that I'm uh, actually enrolling right now. It's an eight-month program with me called Slay. And it's a leadership program around um, like full expression and how to mm-hmm. like be fully expressed in the world um, and, and on the internet in particular. <laughs> yes. uh, but like what I have discovered over time is that uh, there's, there's a lot of ways that people self-censor and they, and they mm-hmm. worry about, you know, upsetting people or like, how do I, how, what peer reviewed papers can I have in my back pocket for this discussion? Yeah. And like, you know, all of this. And, it goes much deeper than that, actually. Like, like the 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 unwinding towards being able to hold ourselves out there in a way that is not um, damaging <laughs> to our nervous system constantly, yes. right? Like to be able to really like hold ourselves in the rightness of what we are bringing forward um, is a little bit of a process. And so, I, I this program is is designed to like take people through a, the depth of uh, belief work, but also um, work toward on practices to get people further out in their expression online, in their writing, in their speaking. And it's, it's kind of a twofold journey. Amazing. So super in, but like super out. And, um, I designed it for leaders. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a really good group of people. Um, I love that. Yeah. Because yes, it's really, you know, people want to jump onto the social media a lot of the time or jump into the place. And if it's not coming from a fully embodied space, yeah, it can be totally overwhelming. And and that's part of the journey too, right? It's kind of like I spent a number of years just getting my ass kicked on the internet and it was a little bit like my dojo. And so (laughs) I kind of teach that a little bit too, which is like, you know, how do you, how do you allow the internet to be part of your spiritual practice? Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah. Everybody should sign up for this. Is it, is it men and women or just it's men and women? And, um, it's, it's application because like, you know, and, and, and people should get a vibe for me if they, uh, 
I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a kind of polarizing person, so I accept okay. that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, if, if someone feels really called, usually, usually people can feel a really intense, like, oh, this woman is for me and yeah. show me just like, tell me what, 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 where are we going? And, and those are, those are the people that tend to be the ones who, who like working with me. Okay. And so perrychase.com slash slay is perrychase.com slash slay S L A Y. Yeah. S L A Y. Like slay the dragons. Yeah. Or they can message me on Instagram. Okay. And you are at perrychase on Instagram. Perry.chase. Perry.chase. Yeah. Okay. And that's with an I P E R R I dot chase. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you for, for bringing all your wisdom into this space. It's, you know, this was like, I think a really important conversation. I appreciate it. All the people for having me. Cause like, you know, when I first found the program too, like the certification, I was like, ah, you know, I'm not a medical person and I don't know if they're going to want me. And I was like, no, I was like, oh, woohoo, a spiritual teacher. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) And it is. I love it. Yeah. And you showed up at that first coaching call and you were like, yeah, it's just, I'm here because the truth is just so fucking simple. (laughs) And I was like, she gets it. I love it. it. I get it. And and I'm I'm looking forward to diving in more. Life's been a little uh, uh, of a roller coaster, but just just holding on right now. Well, we're here always. We're a lifetime access place. So everyone's welcome all the time. Thank you so much. Thank you, you, Meredith. I really, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and I appreciated this conversation. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who works from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely check out our Applied Quantum Biology Certification to consider as part of your continuing education plan. You can also just jump into our email community. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's at quantumbiologycollective.org.